Samoan kid from Mangere, South Auckland, who loved drawing, loved comics, loved reading, you know. I, I stuck out and um, why did I still keep doing it? Yeah. Despite all those kids and all the bullying and stuff and all the teasing, why did I still stick with it? And I, I kind of think because I think deep down I knew this is who I this is who I was, yeah. and I wasn't going to let anyone else uh, tell me otherwise. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Yes, you are seeing me in the early morning, or you are listening to me, or you are joining me in the early morning in the cold water (laughs) and I guess I'll just quickly preface what the hell I'm doing in here well as you know this podcast is about expanding our way of thinking it's also about contracting our way of thinking and it's trying to well the answer is in that it's in the both of those things is where I think part of the answers to living comes out so this is what you'll find me doing learning from my guests and then implementing those tools and strategies into my life now why am I in the cold well it's exactly for the same reasons you're probably thinking why the heck are you in there it is in the challenge it is in the mental battle to 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 beat another day to live another day to fight another day, to love another day, and and part of the cold, uh, when I was reading the literature, is about accepting it and submitting to it, and, and when you do that, and when you calm your breathing whilst in the cold, your body kind of gets confused, and well, the mind gets confused, but the body doesn't, the body knows what to do, the body starts rapidly healing, the body starts looking to look after you, and and I'm fascinated with that idea, and I love the idea of sharing it with the audience. So that's why I'm in the bath, well, the cold water outside at 7.30 in the morning. I'm also here to introduce this week's podcast guest, Mikhail Milipola. He's a Samoan comic book artist, and he joins me on the podcast to talk about his journey into being a professional comic book artist, a professional wrestler, Someone who has learnt to thrive within the chaos of life. And just hold on that point for a second. Ask yourself, when is the last time you heard of anyone thriving in chaos? I think we just get thrown around like we're in a washing machine when it comes to chaos. Like we are out of control. But look, I'm here to say we are in control. And part of being in control is... Well, submitting to the uncomfortable moment and learning how to do it enough where it becomes not normal, but bearable. And so I love this chat with Mikhail and we we go deep and uh, yeah, I am very excited for you to hear it. So how about I continue the cold water bath and from the comfort of your chair, hopefully with a healthy snack and some nice something nice to drink enjoy this conversation with Mikhail Mulipola right here on please blow my mind with me Will Fleming (sighs) thank you all for joining me I'm a bit notorious for trying to wing it a little bit but 
I kind of think that's life, eh, bro? You know, I, I wing it all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I, 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 I thrived in controlled chaos. So. Yeah, bro. Oh, boom. That's yeah. probably the name of the episode. Thriving yeah. in controlled chaos. <laughs> um, brother, I just want to thank you for, for joining me. You know, like this is a pretty unique time. I mean, this is our time in history, you know, where we will probably look back and and not kind of immediately know what the ramifications were you know just the fact of i mean positive and negative the fact that say parents have maybe 200 percent uh increased their time with children you don't know what that means for the child Uh, we probably both come from generations where um parents being absent because of work was totally uh i don't know if it was encouraged but I think it was just part of the living, you know, that people came to New Zealand from wherever they came from for this idea of, um, I don't know, the Western world and safety. And and it's just ironic that we're kind of sitting in this moment now where everyone's like, man, was it all worth it doubling down on all this, having the mortgage and, and you know, settling in for a life of... Um, planning for tomorrow because it's only about today and that's what COVID's kind of realized so how are you going bro is everything kind of okay with you at the moment yeah um so pretty much when lockdown level four was announced i think i was at home with my mum, my brother and my uncle um and i was like man i just don't have the room to kind of do what i need to do in terms Mm. of creating Mm. and as an artist like my hours are all over the place so Mm. i didn't want to annoy them by being up and and too late and stuff and kind of trying (laughs) to do my work so i decided to spend isolation here at the comic store wow Um, so i've been here since the second day of level four Uh, (laughs) so i've been here for over a month Oh my god! And um, has it been a good experience, or are you starting been, to get into your own head? It's, it's not like um, it's actually been really good um, because uh, again, I have the freedom to create and mm. draw and um, do whatever I please without being a burden on anyone <laughs> else or uh, or um, annoying anyone else. Um, so it's, it's kind of given me this nice kind of freedom mm. and uh, space uh, to do what I do, yeah, uh, essentially. In um, you know, I've been drawing, I've been gaming, I've mm-hmm. been live streaming mm-hmm. pretty much every day for the last month. I've been live streaming, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's just I've I've I seem to find myself thriving in, in the isolation state. I actually find myself having too much time, <laughs> um, because like be- before isolation and, and quarantine and lockdown, you know, I had so many things I needed to juggle. Um, you know, every day, like mm-hmm. I got to try and make sure I get this done, and I've got to do this, then this, and then. And now I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about mm. the other stuff. I can just do what I need to. And then I'm like, wait, I don't have to spend all day like kind yeah, of stuff. Like it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, there's that kind of weird sense of freedom. And part of my job as an artist, especially with uh, my work, because I'm, I'm usually commissioned to be doing a lot of work, which mm. has deadlines and for publications and whatnot. Um, the thing about the freelance life is the crunch, right? Mm. You know, we like you get so used to the crunch where you you only got a limited amount of time to get this thing done. Um, that in isolation, I'm like, I have too much time. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't I don't feel the crunch like I used to. Yeah. And, and weird kind of adapting to that. 
because you're so used to those time constraints and the mm. pressure of getting something done in time in order to get paid on time. But now Man. it's kind of like, oh, I feel like I've got too much time. And yeah, it's been an interesting situation. And mm. I, as I said, I've been finding myself thriving a bit, um, but also finding myself not under the pressure like I used to be. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot in there, right? And it's a little bit about, I guess when we say in life, you got to find balance. Yeah. What we're really saying is it's really tricky to find balance because, you know, standing on one foot, it ain't easy. That's why we stand on both feet because you can kind of plant yourself. And and what I'm kind of hearing is there's this push and pull that we're giving up for one thing and then there's a pull that we have for another. And I think what's happening too, bro, is like people who maybe haven't found their, their calling or their thing are uh, uh, really battling because uh, busyness took up the disappointment of what I do and <laughs> yeah. so now we're stuck with us and our decisions that we've made you know and um, but I think artists are uniquely positioned because well A we're probably used to being poorer than most because it's like that's the that's been bred into it right you do it for the love of the the craft or the game and and actually that's a narrative i need to tell myself right because it's a very thankless job sometimes creating um content and stuff like that but it's fulfilling in other ways like when lockdown happened it was like oh well welcome to my world <laughs> you know i stream out of the garage yeah. anyway i just yeah. now can do it more often and um yeah. yeah the challenge has actually been the outside world the the surrounding setup that we had that wants to keep turning like like we're in the matrix but we've kind of been ripped just enough out to be like yeah. hold on a minute it only took two weeks for air new zealand to crumble and you're trying to tell me it's business as usual you know um so it is it is an interesting time and we kind of referenced what well, you said at the beginning before we started recording thriving would you say thriving under thriving and controlled chaos yeah bro and and i mean unpack that what does that actually mean when you say that well my because like before the things i do you know, comic books and illustration, pro wrestling, gaming, uh, Duffy books and homes, all the stuff I do. Like if you see me on social media, you see that I, I keep myself fairly busy. Mm. I don't really keep a schedule. <laughs> uh, I just do stuff when I feel like it. Mm. And I've met so many artists who look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but I've always thrived in controlled chaos. Um, I like things being messy and a little unplanned because, mm. you know, um, if, if it's, if it's too planned out, then, you know, you kind of, you become anxious because mm -hmm. you're like, no, I need to get this done on this time. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what the COVID uh, isolation, quarantine, lockdown situation brought about was, okay, how can I, how can I make this work for me? Um, and as you pointed out, like as an artist, we we isolate we isolate anyway yeah, right yeah. you know when we're creating work we isolate ourselves from the rest of the world because we're exploring our own minds uh to create artwork mm. and so nothing too dissimilar to our everyday lives has changed other than where you can go when you go step outside mm. essentially um so yeah so so for me like just control chaos just is just it's messy but there's some kind of um, semblance of um, 
of like a routine mm. somewhere amongst the chaos you know okay. like it's uh like the chaos theory where like all this random stuff happens but then you look at it and you're like this that's connected to this and that and so that's that's kind of how I, I thrive and yeah. um and the same thing with wrestling as well a lot of times you know some wrestlers will love to plan their match mm. entirely out there and for me i'm like you know what? we'll do this we'll do that but we'll see how the crowd reacts yeah so you know it's on the fly you know and and so if i do something and the crowd reacts a different way than i expected i'm like okay then now i'm gonna uh you know check rather than uh you know and, and change text and, mm. and 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 go with that flow mm. uh, and so it allows me to kind of take some of these you know these these random happenings and and these situations and kind of turn it into something that benefits uh, me I want to ask where does that come from in you where does this mindset and and a way I want to frame it um, is well my favorite film growing up was the Superman films with um, Christopher Reeve right and and the one line that I sometimes think about and I don't know if I'm really applying it to me or my thinking about going out and exploring you know what it means to live is I think he starts at the Daily Planet and he's working and then I think Lois meets him and thinks he's kind of peculiar and she says, any more at home like you? And he says, no, not really. And sometimes I think about myself in that way, like, why do I think the way I do? Like, it would be quite easy to plot a path from, say, my grandparents to my dad to me, but for some reason I see the world, you know... I don't know I see the world through a prism of hope and love and I guess that was their goal to provide a runway for me to 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 be like that or maybe it's just my personality or maybe it's something else and and actually it's just sent me along a journey of why why do we process you know the world the way we do but when I think of that it makes me wonder like are there any more at home like you like why you why are you into art why are you into comics does that does that come from a, a specific place? Um, how did that? How did that fire, um, uh, you know, light in you? This kind of controlled chaos, like mindset, I have not to, not not too entirely sure where it actually came from. But the the love of comics came from when I was a little kid. My mm. uncles read comics, and they had like a little uh, stash um, at home. And I was thinking, I was about three or four. Well, I stumbled across it and I just instantly fell in love with the medium, wow. like the colors and the characters mm-hmm. just really caught my eye as, as a little kid. So when I started school, I was already into comics. I didn't know how to read them, mm-hmm. but I just loved the pictures and, mm-hmm. and all that. And my love of comics kind of fostered my love of reading. Mm-hmm. And so I threw myself into learning how to read because I wanted to go home and read comics. Gotcha. You know, I wanted to read those words. You know, I could see the pictures, but I wanted to know the story. Mm-hmm. And um, and because of that, I always stood out. Um, Simon Kid from Mangere, South Auckland, who loved drawing, loved comics, loved reading. You know, I, I stuck out, and um, I was never the cool kid at school. <laughs> um, you know, all the cool kids would play kiss and catch. I never played kiss and catch. I was on the sidelines reading comics or drawing and reading dinosaur books and archaeology books, sci-fi, fantasy, all awesome. kinds of anything I could get my hands on. Mm. They really um, lit a fire in my imagination. Yeah, um, that was me. That's and awesome. back then, you know, I got teased for it. I got bullied for it because I stood out because I was different from the rest. Mm. 
But I, I think deep down I knew this is the stuff I love to do. This yeah. is the stuff I love. And despite all the naysayers and all the, the jibes and the teasing and stuff, I felt like this is me. Mm. Um, I never quite identified that until later in life where I realized, why did I still keep doing it? Yeah. Despite all those kids and all the bullying and stuff and all the teasing, why did I still stick with it? And I, I kind of think because I think deep down I knew this is who I this is who I was, yeah. and I wasn't going to let anyone else uh, tell me otherwise. Mm. And throughout the years, you know, through school and after school, I knew I wanted to do this stuff. I didn't know how. There was never really any determined path to make my career happen. You know, um, each person has a different like story on how they broke in yeah so you can't just go if you follow these steps that's how you find success <laughs> in the comic industry um so again control chaos i was like i don't know how to make this happen mm. but i'm gonna give it a go like that's that's the least i can do if yeah. it's something and i tell kids that too there's something that you absolutely love to do you owe it to yourself to give it your best shot mm. but you also need to understand that failure can be part of that journey Yes. Don't let that deter you. Like, yes. Um, like I said, the reason why I've succeeded as much as I have is because I failed so many times. Mm. You know, um, but like each failure, each mistake is another opportunity to learn. Mike, I'm so, just gonna say quickly good night to my yep. little one. Say good night. <laughs> say bye bye. Good night. Okay, gonna go to bed now so Daddy can keep. <laughs> Yes, not, not. Okay, time to go now. Come, baby. See you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, not, no. Good night. No, honestly, like, I I don't know where that mindset came from, but Mm. I think it just came from understanding that Mm. my my dream never had a set path. And so I needed to navigate all these bits and pieces just to create that pathway myself. Mm. Um, like it ended up being more like a mosaic than you know I took this bit and that bit and that bit and then just slowly built an artwork that became its own thing Um, and I think that's uh, I think that's kind of that controlled chaos mindset that I have is understanding that I had to make do with all these pieces to create something uh, for myself brother it's so (laughs) interesting because you try and isolate these things and it just seems I mean it really is chaos it's just all of these particles flowing around and you know i'm thinking when you're talking and i'm like how many times do that comic book stash it's packed away on the day that you walked by and and i like to think that you know we find our path but this is what i'm learning through my conversations is that there's plenty of stories about that person not finding the stash of comics and finding something else and that taking them down a, a, a scary journey you know and I can't help but think also that the content of the material you were reading was kind of building you up on the inside you know the hero's journey the the idea that um, it doesn't always work out you know like I do profoundly think that the Superman films the fact that Clark wasn't the cool guy and he wrestled with that and you were privy to that even if you didn't understand it it made a difference and and I mean we are pretty tough on our media and we're pretty tough on say I don't know the last run of um Marvel films and stuff like that tough in a way of people just saying entertainment and it's all these things but it's really I think 
and I'll be interested to, to know what you think, that that these are kind of the deep-seated ideas of our humanity uh, manifesting, you know, this idea that that is where the hope comes from. I mean, that's pretty dark, spoiler alert, at the end of uh, Avengers, you know. He gives up the sacrifice of himself, Tony does, and, and it's like we don't really know we just leave the film we're like that was awesome i've you know i just watched 20 something films but actually it's seeping in seeping in were you aware of this reading comics growing up um yeah initially no i just love the characters Mm. and the conflicts and uh, you know just the artwork and and that but as i started reading you know some of that stuff you know the moralistic tales Mm. of superheroes no good and evil Mm. but then so like when people always ask me are you marvel or dc and i love comics in general but i do find that i skew towards marvel stories because um the way i see it like dc heroes are very much godlike mm. so you know they're up here the people are down here and the people look up to the gods for inspiration you know like that's that's who we aspire to be mm. i uh, so I call those superheroes. Marvel is more about superhumans, mm. everyday people dealing with everyday life with these powers and how they navigate that. Um, and I prefer more stories that relate to everyday life. And that's why I kind of skew towards Marvel because I love the idea of just an everyday person having to navigate everyday life with these superpowers mm. and all these responsibilities. Um, I've never been one to uh, put people on the pedestal, so I never was all about hero worship mm. or you know, um, you know, celebrity culture and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so I never really um, connected with the godlike kind of status of superheroes. Mm. I was more interested in the nitty gritty, mm. um, and I find that that was more human for me, like in terms of that relate no, relatability. Mm. Um, and like you know, living living through you know, living through those stories, and reading you know the tales and and you know, as humans you know it never or it never really does uh, end on a happy ending, right? <laughs> yeah. And so like a lot of times, you know, there was always like even though the good guys won, there was always just that kind of um, at what cost, mm. you know and. You know, like, you know, has it really ended? You know, will it really end? You know, mm. you may have won now, but, you know, there are consequences to that, you know, down the track. Um, and so, yeah, so that, like, you know, comics, then also pro wrestling, because I fell in love with pro wrestling uh, as a kid because it was the closest thing to the real life superheroes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. That. That was, you know, it was, it was as a kid in the 80s, it was before, you know, or the superhero film, mm. the explosion of superhero films. So like you got you took what you got yeah pro wrestling just again bright colors those larger than life characters mm. really just were like these are superheroes and supervillains <laughs> and um, and yeah so just those those kind of uh, back then clear cut divides between you know the the moralistic tales mm. kind of you know um, does kind of uh, you know, um, I guess inspire the way you you think and. Um, and feel about you know um, morals Mm. moral values and stuff like that do you think uh, we run the risk today that we're kind of bombarded with ideas right and 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 we become very kind of 
steal or or we we set up blockers you know we literally can block people online we can set up ad blockers we the word block isn't a negative one in our society and and i'm wondering if there's room for let's say um children growing up now that what what can they attach on what can they gravitate towards if everything has just been you know like boom there's another film boom like marvel's a good example right it was like this i don't know 10 year long thing and and at the end of the day it's like well yeah what what was that journey like for the people it maybe was intended for now there's a probably giant argument that it was intended exactly for us but maybe there's a a, a multiple win thing there where the the children who are growing up they will remember that as kind of their you know um, superhero entry I guess I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on this level of pace that we have in today's world and and if there was you know if you were a kid growing up today you'd probably have multiple options um, whether that's a good thing or bad thing I mean I don't know I probably think it's a good thing because the level of um, options hopefully means you've got more chances to connect but i also wonder if maybe you might just keep skimming across things as opposed to really grabbing onto something and it seeping in deep you know yeah it's a it's an interesting world you know interconnectivity you know um has allowed you access to a whole heap of information and um and entertainment options you Mm. know and um having too much of that you know again you you end up just skipping along going, oh, i love this next thing you know, oh no actually i don't love that i love this and then um and it, it really kind of um becomes very scattershot in terms of what what's hit and what's missed because you know you, you look at netflix you know people are like oh have you seen the series because yeah i've been through it because oh yeah have you seen this one they go oh no i'm gonna try it. and so like people just get into this rotation of onto the next thing onto the next mm. thing and I guess the idea of like content creators as well, isn't it? Um, you know, because I deal a lot with social media, um, and I, I, I definitely utilize social media in its, in its inception to really grow my audience. And mm. I and I understood that with social media, uh, out of sight is out of mind, mm. and you've got to be posting fairly regularly just to always pop up, yeah. let people know you're still there, you're still there, you're still mm. there. Hey, check this out! Blah blah mm. blah. Um, but now it's just uh, there's an economy on that, you know, <laughs> on content creation. And I just find that weird, mm. you know, um, you know, and and it's crazy. And so yeah, everyone's always trying to get hits. Um, you know, the content creators are always trying to get hits, always trying to get views and shares and all that stuff, um, virility online and stuff. But I find that weird because you know, again, I'm one, you know, I'm of that generation that like that special generation that grew up analog um but then like you know in the teenage formative years uh digital came in so mm. i've got i've got that double you know that, that double uh life of of analog and digital yeah nowadays like kids are growing up fully digital mm. in a totally different world you know and you're constantly bombarded with information and entertainment options and it's, it's a little weird um, you know, I, I'm probably a little too old to really kind of um, have a good grasp on that. But like from what I've seen, like I, I, I find that it can be so much uh, information overload. Mm. In, and um, and I guess the danger of information overload 
is blocking, right? You know, it's like so much happening, so much there that you go, okay, I'm going to start cutting that off and start cutting that off. And then the danger of that is when you end up with tunnel vision and an echo chamber. Mm. And so the only information you get is the only inf- is the information you want. And that, you know, you don't want a catered information experience. You need to learn so many different things outside your sphere in order to get a better understanding of everything around you. Oh, and I, I tell comic artists and wrestlers, for inspiration, look outside your bubble. Mm. You know, don't look at wrestling for wrestling inspiration. Don't look at comics for comics inspiration. Mm. Look at stories, look mm. at theater, film, mm. television, and the cartoons. Uh, any kind of storytelling um, medium you can utilize in comics and wrestling. And you'll find ideas in those other places that translate really well to your chosen medium mm. um, and is outside the box. And too many people, as, as I say, like too many people look within the art form for inspiration in the art form. Yeah. And in doing so, you cannibalize it rather than expand it. I reckon there's a giant metaphor, quite a literal one, to how we actually live in life now and that we, we cannibalize it, but we're kind of rewarded because the algorithm, it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. It's feeding you what it thinks you want. Yeah. But again, we reach that point where it's a little bit about what you don't want. <laughs> and this yeah. is kind of where the tie for me has been over the last few weeks with COVID is it's actually targeting your vulnerable sides. So it's saying to you that if you're vulnerable, don't be. And I mean, that's not really an answer, but it's it's actually saying the way we're living is very vulnerable. And since I've kind of had that idea, I've been thinking, well, what are some areas outside of my bubble, which I'm not doing, you know, maybe it's different physical exercise. Um, I've been playing around with ice baths just because I, I did an interview with um, a kickboxer, Jason Sutty, and he, he does ice baths and he says it, it awakens all the healing cells in your body and they rampantly for six days cruise around looking for things to repair. Oh, and I just got to get in the ice. So that's something I can grab onto and, yeah. and put into action. But actually the way I'm supposed to live is comfort and the advertising tells me about harmony and niceness and meditation and relax you know and it's actually completely well it's not completely opposite but there's a chaos over here which says damn why are you the only one outside at 11 at night in your ice bath it's ridiculous and it is ridiculous but it's within that ridiculousness that I reckon you know it is that little bit eh? and 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 I just wonder how, like, how do you actually explain that in society? And and maybe um, maybe it's no one's job too. It's the it's the journey of oneself to kind of keep stumbling away. But but I mean I mean so where do you kind of get that external? Um, how do you get outside your bubble when it's all about you know the wrestling and the and the comics you know are you kind of exploring different ways of thinking or different things with your body um not necessarily different things with my body i, I, I like I, I just got a shakti mat uh and i've been using it and that's been really interesting mm. 
it's just that sensation you're like oh <laughs> uh, um but i'm enjoying it like but like again it's like a different sensation i thought oh, i'll give it a go mm. uh isolation i can't exactly go and, and get a massage you know, <laughs> like you know i love my my thai massages like the real getting gave they gave rather than there and i'm like i can't do that it's like oh what's the what, what could i try and there's not a shakti man so like but in terms of like um outside my bubble i'm always like um just interested in seeing what people share mm. like their information about bits and pieces i'm mm. just like oh okay that looks that's interesting let me read that yeah and then you know um you know kind of always being open to uh ideas and um studies and mm. just anything that just kind of comes across um you know that i didn't know about i'm mm. like oh okay, let me take a read of that um just a natural curiosity keeping up the curiosity mm. um and I guess, like, in turn, again, control chaos. You know, when you when you when the algorithm or or through your own actions, through blocking and muting certain words and stuff, where you cater the information to be this narrow view, you need those chaotic bits and pieces to really kind of you know shake it up. Mm. And and I think um, yeah, I don't I don't think I have it. I don't think I've got anyone on block or on mute unless. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just anything that pops up, uh, well, like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. And I'll read or I'll watch, um, you know, and yeah, just keeping that open mind. Mm. Would you say you the good ideas and the bad ideas roll around and you kind of instinctively incorporate things? Or are you in someone who kind of looks for ideas or, you know, puts your put yourself out there in a way that is exposed to ideas and I guess what I'm just trying to work out is like we're obviously all on this journey and it, it ain't there ain't no rule book you know I mean there's partly a rule book I guess if you're um, if you go down the faith path but still it requires a hell of a lot of yourself to navigate and and I'm just wondering like one of the questions I have for myself is can what we talk about really translate into anything for someone listening or watching can it actually provide you with anything and like 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 a real life experience would you know when you get into that wrestling ring there's a certain language that's happening and there's a whole lot of things just like when i get into the ice bath i don't need to know what all the physiological stuff is i just need to know it's happening and you know we might call it you get a buzz out of it or or you know at least you're hurting in the right areas for a certain reason as opposed to just aching because you're sad or something like that so uh, you know kind of tying it back to are you actively incorporating things instinctually incorporating things how does that work for you it's funny because again like because of my career path and making things happen um for me Mm. Um, I had to put myself out there. So I understood, again, you know, um, putting yourself out there means you're at risk of being ridiculed mm-hmm. or being a failure. Everyone's there watching you either fail or succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding that risk, like, allows me to put myself in, in all kinds of different situations. Um you know, um, and I think that's how I've managed to make everything else happen. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. This is give the go. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, <laughs> like you know, this, this has worked for me so far. Like, you know, let's 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 do it. You know, and but then also understanding the risk reward. You know, understanding okay, well, if it doesn't happen, then sweet, mm. that's cool. 
game, let's let's change tack or if I want to approach that another time, how can I how can I learn from this experience? Mm. And so I think just constantly putting myself out there uh, in terms of experiences, but then also like stories and knowledge, uh, information mm. um, and whatnot, um, kind of has allowed me to um, kind of just take in everything. And, and as an artist, you know, I often tell people that wherever I go, I'm visually absorbing every my surroundings. The people, uh, the room, wherever I am, because I may need to draw that in the future. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly soaking things up, um, you know, consciously and subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I think as an artist, that's my job is to soak things up and then um, bring that, you know, and then just filter that out onto my canvas, mm-hmm. you know, platform it may be. Um, so, yeah, so I think. You know, artists are natural sponges of um, you know, their surroundings. I love the thought too, you know, uh, so I had a um, professor from the US and he writes a lot, of bit of, a lot about kind of, I don't know, this idea of coddling our mind, you know, Jonathan Heights' his name. And he talked about, you know, um, well, part of the solution to the peanut allergy crisis was introducing peanuts. And if your body forgets how to deal with a peanut then it attacks it and when I hear you talk I kind of think about this immunity you must have in your mind to change to things coming in like this ability to clearly think in a scenario like COVID like you made a pretty strategic move like I'm going to the comic shop and that's where I'm you know setting up camp and I can't help but feel that for a lot of people it would have been so overwhelming the change because we, we weren't, even our minds weren't immune to change, right? We've been conditioned to, this is how every day looks. And as soon as it hits you, um, I kind of think it's, you know, we were all in that stage, maybe not as much now, but kind of like what a hypnotist does with hypnosis, just get you off your rock a bit and then suggest implant, you know? Um, and it's just interesting to me that you had to go down that journey of kind of dealing with, the controlled chaos and being okay with it and really making peace with the risk uh yep. it's something many people including myself really struggle with right the risk because let's say i want to chase podcasting full-time there's a real risk well a your numbers might not be big enough b can you really be okay with yourself if you're not bringing in enough money what's the implications of that and and I think we wrestle with it so much in our minds and just go back and forward. But would you say ultimately the risk is worth it? Or would you say a calculated risk would be? Oh, calculated risks are always you know, definitely better. But for me, again, just whatever happens, happens. Yeah, and, uh, but I make peace with it, however it happens. You know? mm. I'm just like, um, you know, the Henry Awards, I made the top 10. And I had a shot at either winning 15 grand, seven and a half grand, or two and a half grand uh, in the, for the top three. And I didn't make the top three. Uh, I think years ago, I probably would have been gutted. Mm. I was like, yeah, I took my shot. Uh, the money would have been cool, but screw it. I got other stuff to do. Like, yeah. I just moved on. Um, but I also understood that, you know, I took a chance. Mm. But it was much better than just going, oh man, I should have. Mm. You know, what a shoulda, coulda. Mm. You know, that's the worst feeling. Ever and you know you or you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, 
and for me just the risk of just doing it um is way out, way above not doing it at all just that mindset of just screw it just yeah. do it you know um win lose draw um, whatever matters, we'll deal with it when it happens. Yeah, so, and there's power in that too, right? Because you, yeah, there's, there's freedom. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, freedom. yeah. You're, you're, you're not shackled by your insecurities and your doubts. Mm. Do I have those? Of course I do. Right. I do. I do, I do have self doubts and yep. insecurities, and you know sometimes I do get anxious. Mm. But you know, I've been I've been you know taking chances for so long that I'm like, you know what? Just do it. Like you know, it overrides those those doubts. So inspiring because it's so freaky. Like even I'm listening and I'm like, I mean, I'm partly doing that, but I'm not all in. Yeah. Like I I still find myself like one of the things I try and do is in real life, I swear, right? But on yeah. the podcast, I don't, and so I wonder why I don't. And partly imagines my mum listening, you know, old Raro lady who would growl me. But also the other half is that how do you get punished for that? Do you get punished with the algorithm not boosting your content? You can't actually boost a video on YouTube if it's got swearing in it. So where do you suffer? But I think ultimately I suffer because if I'm not me, or if I'm not all of me, then I'm only part of me. And I think it requires for that for that breakthrough for that real engagement that you have to find that version of you which is as close to whoever we would be in life you know and i, I kind of get that sense that you would be pretty much the same i am a duffy books and homes role model i do a lot of school visits and stuff usually like in everyday life i i swear like a smell <laughs> i am i'm filthy mouth as anything <laughs> dirty jokes and all like i i have i have a bad sense of humor dark sense of humor <laughs> But I also understand that you know, that that kind of language is only acceptable on certain platforms. Right. Um, so when I go to schools, you know, I still have me, mm. but I know that I can't swear um, because then that reflects badly on me mm. and that system, and then that then I no longer become a role model. I become mm. oh, that's that guy that swore. Mm. You know, so um, it's not necessarily code switching. But also, like I tell, I tell the wrestlers, young aspiring wrestlers, know your audience, mm. and um, and so yeah. So every time you know I go to speak at a school, I know my audience, so I cater my content and my presentations for that audience. Mm. If I was doing a university, I'd throw in a couple of swear words yeah. because these are adults, yeah. and I know not to treat them like kids mm. uh, and give them a little bit of the real. Because then that's something they can identify with, but you know maybe the odd swear word for high school, you know, mm. depending on the school, like gotcha. uh, uh, you no, know, it'll be like, and then the kids are like, oh, you know, then that again that connects with them because they're like, oh wait, this dude's real, like mm. you know, this this isn't just some guys like, oh by the way, this is what I do, it's like <laughs> no, this dude's like, you know, this dude's just like us, and so yeah, so understanding your audience mm. and um, is key to kind of um, knowing how to present yourself in those certain situations mm. um, and so I do that you know, uh, um, and mm. I kind of like in an in initial uh, you know chat before you really started recording and stuff I kind of picked up okay there's not much swearing and there's no swearing mm. okay cool yeah I can I can roll with that gotcha. sometimes you know, some podcasts are like can I swear yeah like, yep. 
then, then okay, cool. I'm going to talk real, like yeah. and then real me, hundred yeah. percent me. Yeah. Uh, but again, also understanding my audience for whatever platform I'm talking on. Uh, allows me to kind of approach it that way mm, i think it's awesome what we're talking about though because when you say we do swear in real life people now know that we swear in real life it's yeah. just that we're not swearing now so it's not that we don't it's not that we're again like that dc comic you mentioned yeah. you know the gods and we can quickly get into a god zone right where we put our heroes so high up that even the heroes can't live to that level and I think we, you know, uh, we get into that zone in politics and all these things and even our community leaders. And, and uh, uh, it's one of these areas I think is, is kind of interesting in this digital world where, you know, in real world we have lots of things working in favor like uh, we can touch someone, we can smell someone, we can see them, you know, with our eyes, we can feel in a weird way. But online all we have is these little digital imprints and so... I believe that we have to find new ways of communicating other feelings, some type of sense that's internet. And I think COVID kind of gave us part of that, like the internet was more than just the internet. It became a portal to connection. And so people didn't just put it down to where trolls live and, you know, all these things It became like the place to have Zoom meetings and you know all these other fascinating little things that have come out of it and this is the journey of trying to work out what is it about life is it better to understand more or less because i'm in both camps i love the idea of not having anything to worry about but i know it you know that's what the superhero films tell me it always comes back to bite you you're better to confront it and that's the hardest bit it's actually the hardest bit to what was I watching? You know, I got a little two-year-old who came to see you just before, and every morning our routine is watch Moana on Disney. <laughs> and in some ways, I'm kind of like, oh no, I'm buying into the Disney game again. But I watched the film enough now that I really like it. Like I yep. really like it, and I like the deep story it tells. I like the unconscious um, imagery that's going into her brain and to my brain, and I love the fact that. Um, she did everything you're talking about she risked it all she literally risked life you know going out into the sea not knowing how it would play out and for what well so that she could win so that she could find Tafiti and restore the heart and what I find interesting is like there's actually a thousand versions of Moana that she drowns but there only needs to be one for it to work and I don't quite know what to do bro with that um, insight because it might be that me you everyone watching and listening have to fail so the one person who needed to hear it yeah does it and I mean gosh it feels deep sometimes you know <laughs> when you look at it like that and and I know I'm a, I, I suffer from the old like just watch Moana bro why do you have to go so far into it but um it's a kind of I also think what you're doing is like it's a bit of a burden too because you have to do more than just make things look cool you know you've got to inspire for others like you had inspired for you yeah I and and I guess you know growing up with superheroes I understand that responsibility Mm. as you know you google Samoan comic book artist or you google Polynesian comic book artist I'm like the top, I'm, I'm the top uh, result. 
like it's essentially me and you know um and it was it was a it was i guess it's a side effect of my career choice that i never really accounted for until i got there and i started doing it and realizing that there weren't many others out there especially doing it professionally mm. uh another Samoan comic book artist i know uh also was the storyboard artist for uh moana cool. he was one of the storyboard artists and he's uh I think he's called a Samoan. He was born and raised in America. Uh, he's an animator and stuff, and he's been working on his own comic for the last couple of years or so. And I actually got to meet him and Dave Pimentel, who's the storyboard director, a uh, story director for Moana. Wow. Comic Con a couple of years back. So that was really cool because we connected online and then we're like, Samoan's like, Samoan Conga. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, bro, are you going to say nigga? I'm going to say nigga. He goes, oh, come meet me for breakfast. So, you know, those connections, you know, and I was really glad that we had, you know, someone, someone working on the storyboards for Moana. And right. he talked about how he loved working on that, you know, mm. being able to you know, kind of tell his story as, as a Polynesian. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I understand that's my duty uh, in the position I'm in um, to try and be as successful as possible for the next generation to build upon to create a, a foundation or like at least some kind of semblance of a path to follow mm. uh, to hopefully build upon what I've already what I've done so far um, and that's why I make myself so accessible online and so visible mm. because I understand that position but I also understand that no one else is going to do it for me <laughs> yeah. you know you know, I'm not going to go up and go oh, hey can you promote me I'm like the only person I can trust to promote me is me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I'm always surprised. You know, I, over the years, I've really kind of built a name for myself and a, and a presence online and a presence on social media and stuff like that. But I, I still find it really interesting and surreal when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. You're really going, oh, hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> Because in my mind, like even though I've put in that work, in my mind, I'm still me. I'm still like the South Auckland kid from Maangere you know who you know and the comics and drawing you know gave me something to do very much like an isolation comics and drawing gave me something to do so i wasn't on the streets of manga there mm. getting into trouble doing mm. stupid things because i was i was traveling to other worlds in my own mind um and so you know i've made a good situation you know a good situation out of the isolation the quarantine stuff lockdown but i also understand there are people who just couldn't really deal with it because they're so used to the grind the daily grind and that routine and this is what you need to do to survive and thrive and um and so yeah again that's that predetermined like when you're so used to planning stuff out when it doesn't go to plan you lose your mind mm. because you're just not used to it but mm. for me i'm just like oh okay <laughs> let's see what i can do you know control chaos like uh, you know, um you know making lemonade now the lemons you know mm. kind of thing it's, it's that kind of mindset it's funny because you know, as i said like earlier i do have doubts and stuff but like I, you know mental health is a big thing people you know and, and people should be talking about it i always feel like i never really have a place to talk about it because i think I've never like in depression and that like I, I when people are like oh have you ever suffered from depression I feel like I've never have because I've never been in that too much in the doldrums like bad days oh, of course I have negative mm. feelings I've I've had those you know uh, there were times where I, was, I just don't want to do anything mm. but I never really have depressive episodes because I think 
as like as an artist when you create art like the way i feel when creating art is it's an active form of meditation and when you're creating worlds and 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 life through your artwork you're exploring your own mind mm. and i tell i tell young artists this because they're like how do i find my style how do i find what makes me an artist and i'm like the more you draw the more you understand yourself and i feel like drawing has really helped with my mental health by allowing me to, fi- to figure myself out just a little bit better mm. um and allowing me to figure out ways to handle any negative uh, emotions or feelings I have. Yeah. Also, what's good is having an outlook, out, um, kind of like you know, um, something like pro wrestling. You know, to if I to physically let out any negative emotions and frustrations I may have, yeah. and take it out on someone else in the controlled environment. Um, so having that outlet, I guess, also helps me deal with anything like that. So nothing really gets bottled up, um, you know. Um, but as I said, like, do I have um, some issues? Of course I do, yeah. you know. But um, being an artist and exploring my own mind has helped me navigate those just a little bit better. Mm, man. Deal. Um, it's so cool what you're saying because, look, I feel the – I too share what you're saying, right? I am someone who, look, there's a lot of luck in my life, but but there's also a lot of ways I can outlet, you know? I can outlet through my, like I sometimes think, because I'm an editor by trade, so I, I sometimes kind of, I'll take these things in and as I'm molding it, I assume those the, that role and it becomes a, a, like, a, like an avatar, you know, and you are that, and then you watch it back, and then you get to export it. And if it's good, you get good feedback, and all of these things help you process what's going on. But I think also you you give yourself the ability to go into like a flow state, and yep. I think you use a lot of say, um, I don't know what it is. It kind of feels like we're maybe we're race cars, and if we don't rev it up a little bit and get excited for the right reasons or maybe i'll say it a different way when we had to run away from a tiger there was something built in us that would help you but now because we're not running away from a tiger we still have that in us the fire and if you can't let it out somehow i think it ends up cannibalizing you you know it ends up eating at you from kind of the inside out and 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 actually the scary thing is that it still comes back to your own hero's journey you know just because an ice bath works for me as a way to shock my system it might not be you might not like that or you know and actually life does give us clues like some people are from the real cold others are from the heat some people have brown skin some people have white skin some people are tall short it actually says find the way that works for whoever the hell you are and that's a cool insight like we kind of see difference and we just think oh well difference i'm in my tribe you're in your tribe and i think partly that's true but the beauty of that is that you can look out at that other tribe and say what are they doing i might try that and all of a sudden you're down a different path and it's cool it's um it's something i you know can you imagine you know uh your kind of family when they came over to New Zealand from Samoa that they would ever imagine a, f- a future like what you've got? No, like, you know, um, you know, a career in the arts for mm. Polynesian families is not a career choice. Mm. You know? 
um you know luckily for me my mother was like the black sheep of of your siblings she was the rebel mm-hmm. she was you know um and so i think that um the rebellious streak kind of came down to me and so she like one of the greatest things that she did was allow me the freedom to be who i wanted to be mm-hmm. never put constraints on on what i could do who i can be uh you know she fostered my love of comics she she used to work at the university of uh, auckland and when she had to work on the weekends we would go into town should work and then she, after work she would take me down to the comic book store so awesome. she helped foster my love she never again put those kind of constraints on me mm. uh, and, I, and i think that's how i've been able to kind of do what i do because i was given the freedom to be who i wanted to be mm. and find myself mm-hmm. um and yeah, and I'm very much about, you know, what works for me works for me. What works for you works for you. Yeah. You know, all I can really do is share my story, share my experiences to hopefully give you some insight on how you can approach whatever it is you want to do, mm. however you want to do it. Um, and that's the message I try and bring to schools when I visit them. You know, yeah. okay, this is my story. This is my passion. This is what I love to do. Mm. Um, hopefully you find inspiration in that, whatever uh, avenue uh, you choose to go down um, so yeah it's, uh, it's it's one of those things that I'm very fortunate like you know um, New Zealand born Samoan um, so it's just um, that freedom and, and that that um, move from Samoa you know gave the family's future generations you know um yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty true. I'll always be great, forever grateful to my grandparents uh, for that decision. Mm. So yeah and yeah. and i mean those of us who have pacific heritage it's a it's a hell of a thought right the thought that they like the like moana you know they navigated they they left the shores because of finding a hope finding yeah. a dream following a dream uh following a risk for plenty of people it was a risk it didn't work out you yeah. know they especially because i think 1967 is when they moved over mm. and I think my immediate family luckily were never um, victims of like the dawn raids and stuff mm. but like that period they were there during mm. that period we have family we have friends who were victims of dawn raids mm. so like you know how how what would they have been thinking during that time would they be, have been thinking oh maybe we should move back you know they kind of before and then they, they could have moved back before i was born mm. and then my life would be totally different but yeah. um but yeah no the, the risks you know again the risks and the rewards uh for that you know that that move um you know to set up their future generations mm. in new zealand just a couple quick questions um how's the comic book industry going kind of just leading up to covid during covid and where do you think it's going to go post covid and the other thing i want to ask is what your first wrestling match was like the thing about the comic book industry especially in retail is that there is one company that distributes comics all around the world (laughs) and that's diamond comics distributors and when you have a monopoly uh it means you get to call the shots when the covid stuff happened diamond pretty much was dropping nuts um and they're like oh hey we're suffering from blah 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 and and then because they were suffering 
everyone else on the on the back end of the distribution chain were suffering, which is comic book stores. Um, and it really kind of highlighted how the monopolization of the comic distribution uh, for the industry was the worst move possible. Mm. And now, like, I think DC Comics are now using another distribution chain to kind of get comics out there. Um, some companies are trying to say, hey, uh, if you buy a digital version, once stores open, you can exchange that for, you could go in and pick up a physical copy. Mm. Um, but the reality is a lot of comic book stores around the world have shut because for them, their bread and butter is new comics every week. Wow. Um, here at Arkham City Comics, we stopped using Diamond um, because Diamond, you know, they got a monopoly, so they do whatever they want. And they are absolutely rubbish to deal with, especially when you're dealing with people in the States. And they have a high turnover of, um, of reps. So we're constantly, we were constantly talking to new reps because the old rep would put and so you never have that cohesion, the cohesion between the retailers and the office. Mm. And we just got fed up with it. So mm. we no longer ship uh, comic new comics weekly. Uh, we kind of solely deal in like secondhand comics and, and back issues and stuff. And we've been finding that's been the best. Uh, that's been the best decision we've ever made. Awesome. Because the diamond um, fallout doesn't affect us um and we've got people like the new zealand market's small enough as it is and the collectors are always looking for um holes in the collection and that's the service we provide they'll come in and they'll rummage through the back 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 issues so like for us we're finding that we're doing all right like we're like oh okay but in general the diamond uh, issue has really screwed over thousands of comic book stores. Mm. As I said, a lot of them are no, most, pretty much all of them are struggling now because of that. But then a lot of them have closed as well. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it's an interesting time, and I'm not too sure how how it's going to be after everything kind of settles down mm. and. There's a, you know, would there be a new way of getting comics into the hands of readers? Mm. Um, or is it going to be the same old, same old? And I feel like there's a risk of them just going same old, same old because it never has really changed in the last 20, 30 years. Well, it's uh, interesting too, you're talking about your vulnerability was in the monopolization of that. Yep. and this is the lesson right the more yeah, you the one idea we well, think you got the solid idea it's gonna bite you if you yeah. think you got the distributor it's gonna bite you it's a variation and i think that's where it sucks because the big companies won't have the monopoly and the control but but you know ultimately we've just got to find I, yeah, a way yeah I, I feel i feel like you know it sucks but like it could be a good thing in terms of okay how do we approach the distribution of our comics in the post-COVID mm. age? Like now we know that the monopoly didn't work. Mm -hmm. So what are other avenues we can try and approach to make, uh, you know, make it work much better uh, with, you know, without everything falling down within a week or two mm. of a shutdown? Uh, <laughs> it's so, funny yeah. too because 
It's kind of like the reverse story. The big players are like the villains, and COVID's like the superhero <laughs> wiping yeah. out the villains so that actual people can do. I don't know. I'm trying to tie some dots, but yeah. there's something to that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting, like how the lockdown, um, you know, lockdowns and, and the COVID situation has really kind of brought to life how the previous kind of capitalist society just doesn't work mm. for people yeah because it never was about people it was about profit there we and go. economy and i'm hoping that the positives that come out of a post-covid society is you know geared towards um you know policies that help people mm. rather than line pockets yeah man um, so yeah, so it's, it's an interesting situation, and yeah, um, definitely intrigued with how it plays out um, oh, in the near future post COVID. And then uh, um, your first kind of professional wrestling match. Just, I mean, do you remember the feelings? Oh, I remember, so again, because I'm uh, I'm very laid back and very just you know, go with the flow. Um, my first match, because most people like they put the earphones on, they get into the zone. My first match, I'm sitting there, lounging out. Just like chill as anything. And um, the boss comes up and goes, are you excited? I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I'm excited. <laughs> so, you're going to do a good job? Okay. Oh, I hope so. That's, that's the plan. I hope to do a good job. Yes. He's looking at me like shaking his head like, man, you're weird. Aren't you amped? Aren't you psyched? I mean, no, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> and everyone else is like, going like, man, this guy, he's about to have his first match. And the thing is, my first match was on the live show. So usually, like uh, a rookie's first match would be like in the like Armageddon or something, something less pressure, mm. you know. But like, uh, but they had they had faith in me and they through my training and stuff. They were like, "Oh, we should put him on the show. That that should be his first match." So yeah, so like uh, traditionally, the pressure would be on me, <laughs> right? But I'm just like, I'm just I'm like I was literally like this, just go, "All right, sweet." You go a couple of <laughs> couple of hours before the show starts. And they, oh. like, that's awesome. And talking, talking to my opponent and stuff, and um, and like just you no, know, he's like telling me their plan because you no, know, he he was he was kind of like a senior member, so you know, so I was listening to him, and and you know, and I had some ideas and stuff, and so we were kind of going back and forth. Um, and then when the match happened, I remember like my music hit, and I go out there, and I'm like, yeah, that's when the that's when the fire kicks in, right? And it's like, cool, cool, step through the credit and fire kicks in. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for this. But I still, again, had that laid back approach. So my mind was still calm. It wasn't racing. It wasn't like, you know, uh, like, you know adrenaline was pumping. Mm. But I was still like, okay, cool. I'm still in the chill zone. And the great thing about that was that I'm still quite happy with my first match because I look and I, um, one of the, the things that rookie wrestlers would do is they go too fast because they're like, oh, like the million miles an hour, like blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, go do this, go do that, go do this. But because I was chill, I was like, okay, this is me, do that, do that, work the crowd a bit, do this. And I just take my time. And it made the match so much better because I was still very chill. I didn't let the nerves or the excitement get to me that I understood, okay, this is my job. And I did forget one thing. I remember um, my opponent, because he had the manager, he went to run the ropes and the manager accidentally grabbed his foot <laughs> and he turned around and he starts admonishing his manager. And I remember we planned for me to roll him up 
for a quick two for a quick two count, like he almost lost because of his manager. So I uh, so I was supposed to roll him up, but I remember I forgot. So I just grabbed him, did a suplex, and then pinned him. <laughs> but that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a clear mind. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I know I had to do something. I can't remember what it is, but just do something. Yeah. And cover it. And so it never it never looked like I forgot what I was supposed to do. Mm. Um, but again, having that level head and that chill. Uh, laid back kind of um, vibe allowed me to kind of navigate that situation mm. and rectify it um, and cover it. Um, so yeah, so that was one of the things. And I, I watch it back every now and then. I'm like, yeah, you know, like this stuff. Like, oh yeah, I work. I work. Like once I saw it the first time, play the back man. Ah, I got work on that. Work on that. And then I fixed it my next match. Mm. So like little things like that. But you know, um, just watching my my first match now, I'm like, oh yeah, see, I I can totally see like how I was just taking my time and it's made the match so much better a lot of the backstage when I came back they were like dude that was like one of the best debut matches we've ever seen like it was so good I'm like oh thanks man and again like afterwards are you excited and like, how are you feeling oh, yeah, I'm cool yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like I'm sweating but I'm like yeah I'm cool like that's and that's how I felt I never never got too excited and that's how I I, I always am like I've always been like that mm. like I'll be playing video games before my match and then once I step through the curtain I'm in game mode <laughs> so, yeah, so I never have to hype myself up I never have to listen to music to get into the zone and then blah blah as soon as I step through the curtain and my music hits mm. it's on that's 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 the switch amazing or somehow bro you've managed to suss it out where you have the control over your mind because you know people are spending thousands on understanding them their mind you know and how to turn it on and turn it off and and i think from what you're saying is you kind of revealed it a little bit by saying i didn't know what to do i just had to do something and that's a hell of an insight right because i didn't know what to do is probably where we stop most times in life and you just got to do something and it's in that something where you know you've probably done that enough times now to trust that something will happen and actually you know like i heard this thing today about hope and i'm i'm critical on things like words because we think we know what they mean but but i think you know when you speak like that it, it puts it into context for me so what is hope well it's it's trusting you're hoping that when you don't know what to do or you forget what you're doing that if you keep doing something you will find it and that is the hope and it's the trust and it's the faith it's what we call all these things that we just take for granted you know like meditation and mindfulness and all these things that we talk about it like we can touch it but it's a feeling you know and it's a a series of whatever's happening in this complexity that we have all the best stuff is just beyond your comfort zone Uh, you know like like just beyond where you're comfortable mm. is where all the good stuff is mm. like that's that's where you find the best things um, and just I guess uh, also you know again understanding that mm. allows you to just go a little bit further mm. push yourself a little bit more because you understand that previously like the reason why I'm as far as I am is because I've always just taken just that little mm. bit further just a little bit further a little bit further find myself here beyond my comfort zones and i guess every time you suppress yourself from doing that you have to jump a bit further the next time don't you and so you can see how things like depression creep in because your leap is actually too far yeah and i think the depression is you've jumped and you've landed nowhere 
yeah. and then you're truly in a hole right as opposed to leap when you should leap when you should just a little bit out a little bit out because you can still get back and um Whoa, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a minefield but look i mean that's the pressure that we have on ourselves and i like that we have to work this through what does it mean to you it's not just your path it's not this person's path it's kind of what you said about marvel it's uh it's just humans and they're kind of trying to be extraordinary and they do that by battling their own demons and battling real demons and trying to make it all happen and you know not come back too screwed up but i guess um that's the hero's journey so bro you, you took us on a journey tonight um hey where can people follow you where can we follow the comic book shop um what's interesting coming up in your world yeah uh so it's real easy to find me everything is related to bloody Samoan. so bloody is my website bloody Samoan is my twitter handle my psn my steam id bloody Samoan art is my instagram and uh facebook pretty much you don't even have to know how to spell my name <laughs> or uh you just google bloody Samoan, you'll find me that's awesome and that's the beauty of having that brand you know that kind of <laughs> brand is where it's recognizable and you know it started off as a negative term i'd hear a lot as a kid but being able to have the power to take that term back and turn it into a positive mm. um so now when people say bloody Samoan, it's always usually in reference to my work mm. or my wrestling or my gaming rather than the negative term yeah see it's a bloody salmon so <laughs> you didn't even have to know my name just google play salmon uh, as for arkham city comics uh, arkham.co.nz is the website you know arkham as in like arkham asylum a-r-k-h-a-m um yeah and i'm here in isolation at the comic store um but yeah as for future projects i've got uh, more headlock stuff to illustrate I've got 120 Marvel trading cards to illustrate as well this month uh, and a couple of commissions and bits and pieces as well. So, you know, there's no rest for the wicked. <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, thanks again for joining us. And um, I don't know, I'll, you know, I want to keep reaching out and doing podcasts because I know there's new Batman coming out. So maybe we can um, <laughs> do a bit of a talk about that. Sweet brother, thanks again for joining us. No, thank you for having me. That's right, team. I am still in the cold water. Uh, I haven't been here for the entire time that you've been <laughs> listening or watching Mikhail's podcast, but I definitely am trying to challenge myself. Today, I've been thinking about 15 minutes or 10 minutes, and honestly, what's been on my mind is the idea of, I wonder what happens to fat when you're in the cold water. I mean, I think I know what happens. It's going to start being used to heat my body and therefore being used to burn or transform into what it is, into something else, or less fat on me, I guess is what I'm saying. And I love that idea because at the moment I think we have two ways of thinking about that, like exercise and calories. It'd be awesome to like add a few more tools to that kit, right, where you can do a few things and... Um, if you do those things, you just get all these other benefits. You know, that's kind of what I love about exploring this idea of mentally and physically strong. One quick plug, if I may, to my Patreon page. Now, I've asked if you find value in this podcast that you consider sponsoring or donating $10 New Zealand per month 
to this mission of yeah something in between of blowing and calming our mind like the fine balance of expansion and contraction that's kind of the journey that's evolving you know out of that understanding of the balance between those two possibly there's a toolkit that comes a universal toolkit and I'm very interested in just finding out for myself those little ways of living that can improve your life over time like a cold bath every day if you do that you know you don't need much more than water and the temperature and you to get in and be okay with it so very fascinated by that but anyway back to the cold baths back to patreon if you want to support my journey please consider donating a few bucks per month to this mission this mission of self-exploration okay team i've been purposefully trying to keep calm not overexcite myself keep my breathing and heart rate down whilst the shock of being in here takes over so i think i succeeded yes okay thank you all for joining me and we will see you next week on the podcast Mm -hmm.